0: Alright, you wanna get going on this or what? Yeah. I'm ready. Gail, yep, I'm here. Um, yeah, so this is the first episode of kind of a different format we're gonna run with for now, anyways. We're gonna give you an episode. So, obviously, if you've checked out any of our episodes before, we've had a segment called 93 to Infinity, which we've always run with as kind of like the main body in some ways to a lot of our podcasts, and we kind of wanted to give um, just its own podcast essentially so we're gonna run 93 to infinity as its own episode once a month and then we'll kind of give um the west loop or whatever we end up calling it as its own kind of more news political uh, yeah. whatever we decide to run with it um driven but essentially this one is kind of going to be just like what we had with within 93 infinity it's going to be more about just what's happened in history um as we were born in 93 and like kind of what we went through and maybe some stuff beyond us and it'll cover different topics kind of developed up uh, music media movies tv sports and history is kind of just like a general area where we'll keep um the topics narrowed to yeah how's your week been dude
1: it's been good yeah no i was just talking to you about before i'm sore i went for my yearly snowboard session and destroyed myself and be time to recover for another year before i go back probably but...
0: nice <laughs> I've, I've done a whole lot of nothing i had four days off and just kind of more so relaxed nice I've Had a lot of computer work i've had to do and just been yeah me, me and logan binged sharp objects which was a really interesting limited series from hbo hmm. it's got amy adams it's, oh, yeah. it's it's quite interesting i i thought it was a little bit slow at first and then i kind of realized why it was slow at first it's like it's one of those shows and i think similar shows have done it where it's like it's a little dry and they've just packed in they just try to give you so much like background and information and it's only eight episodes long so for the first six episodes i found it was like all information so to some people it might not be like super interesting because it's just piling just information and then all of a sudden the last two episodes it's like everything kind of comes together and you're like holy shit and it's just like it kind of left you a little bit like whoa this is crazy
1: it's like a lot of prep time character development yeah very much prep time character
0: well and i think in order to have the ending so impactful they had to have that character development and I think what that's one thing that probably limited series kind of can struggle in sometimes is just that you don't have that time for character element to get attached in the sense of like a normal TV show. When say they kill off a character, mm-hmm. it's like a big deal, right? So, but it it was it was it was good. I really enjoyed it. Nice. Anyways, yeah, we'll get into this. Um, so yeah, the first segment I just have up um here is music um i only have one thing for this but i think this is an interesting one i'm gonna have you play this video it kind of plays off from what we talked about on last week's episode um of 93 like or where we talked about in 93 I'm be about jimmy fallon um mm-hmm. 10 years ago i think this was so i'm trying to remember when we talked about that it was how many years ago that jimmy fallon took over the tonight show the tonight show i think it was like 2014 so only like Yeah. So this would have been back when he was still on, what was it? Late night with Jimmy. Late night, Yeah. So this was still late night. And I remember, I think because Jimmy's always had the roots, there's probably one of the more appealing things for us, especially during this time range was the fact that they did have a lot of hip hop guests quite frequently for music. Whereas not a lot of mainstream television was featuring hip hop. Um, Especially these guys. So, 10 years ago, Odd Future made their television debut on Jimmy Fallon. So, let's check this video out. Sure It'll bring some flashbacks for sure.
1: <laughs> oh, you, you gotta let me share my screen. Work it, y'all! Y'all! Work it,
0: y'all! Our next guests are turning heads in the hip-hop world, and tonight they're making their Felicia TV Day? debut with us, I think it was. performing the song "Sandwiches" with a little help from the Roots. Please welcome Ooh. Tyler the Creator and Haji Beats from Odd Future. I haven't heard "Sandwiches" in forever. Yeah.
1: That old Tyler beat, man. Yeah.
0: Who the heck invited Mr. I don't give a what Who
1: cries <laughs> about his daddy and applaud Because his music sucks? I did Well, you messing up But truthfully, I
0: had enough Screw rolling papers I'm a red with all I'm at your plugs Full of crap Like I hate that child Come on, kids Screw that class And hit that wood Let's buy guns <laughs> Kids and and mom With nice homes on for 1Ks And I'm nice And I the generous This is Jimmy Fallon this is introduction to golf wear everybody hollering and screaming out wolf game? I got
1: not but if I was the top I would be Jack harder than
0: jumping over me Sonic, you throw shoving everything Plus the imposter Plus in the stomach, what a little like that
1: ring chick's just, <laughs> just vibrating in the middle there yeah, Get the <laughs> yeah, the the Just screaming in the the <laughs> <It's>
0: the <wolf. laughs> up, up, they
1: dumb it
0: down, or crumble up. I'm in I'm in a way. I'm he knows it whole so take care for. Says effective care of these gnomes. Just Yeah, I love are Psychedelic with a even
1: scarier. the Who's the other
0: guy on the chair? Is that Usher? It almost
1: looks like <laughs> him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was pretty fucking unique <laughs> at the time for fucking
0: sure. Keep it playing here, because I, oh, oh, I, yeah. I can't remember if it's this. It's the of the creator how beats. Yeah. <laughs> <He just jumps. laughs> no, that's not Archie. No, I don't I mean, know
1: who the fuck like that is. But... Uh, Smalls- Obviously, he would be a guest.
0: I have no idea who that is. <laughs> 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 yeah. So anyways, that, that happened 10 years ago. Um, yeah, and I don't know, like, I feel like that was like probably pretty out there for its time in that sense of not seeing much hip hop on TV, let alone seeing something like that.
1: Well, especially even like if you're thinking like 2010s, like, I don't know, that's like a weird, it's kind of like that weird lull between we were kind of moving away from that 2000s, like 50 cent, like kind of gangster rap shit. But we didn't quite yet have, like, the sad boy partying music of, like, Drake and, like, later Kanye. It was, like, kind of a weird, like, in-between yeah. thing for hip-hop. Like, well, that kind like... of prefigures a lot of the SoundCloud shit, too, right? Like, that's almost yeah, what Tyler totally. came up on. Like
0: Yeah, well, and I feel like with Odd Future, too, they appealed in the sense of there was, like, the tail end of that angsty punk kind of music. But then it was just like, okay, let's take that and let's make the rap, angry rap version of that. And it was almost kind of, like, I know it's not the same, but I think, I think also us knowing the people that were super (laughs) into uh, Odd Future, because, so I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about that. We had an interesting history with Odd Future. I remember Odd Future coming up and I don't, I didn't really know them that well at first. But I remember we would go because we were like, we, we were in grade twelve essentially when they first started kind of becoming heard of. They were still quite underground in my opinion, but they mm. they were getting bigger, and all of a sudden their music would play at parties. And I remember it was like a kind of a mixed reaction on a lot of people at the parties part because there was this, like the certain group of people that were always playing on Future of the parties, and to some people it would kind of be like downer music i i remember me like being like kind of into it but like also like this is like a weird mood to a to party yeah, music party, like right? yeah. just fucking angry ass rap just, <laughs> so i remember that happening and not knowing who our future was and then just like as like we had kind of shared similar friends in those friend groups they exposed us more and then it was then it slowly came to both you and me because i think we came on to odd future around the exact same time yeah was we,
1: probably around this time i think goblin yeah. was like when i really got into it
0: Hmm. and then um yeah and then then it just took off and i remember like we became huge fans i would sure. say like uh oh yeah tape two or whatever was definitely what sealed it for me yeah oh tape two is like to me like i i i remember goblin i'm trying to remember though if i really knew goblin like when it was new like i feel like i kind of listened to goblin kind of once it was already older but to me the first of like odd future was of tape 2 and then the first like true album that i got to enjoy like the release of and get hyped because i was already a big tyler fan at that point was wolf Mm -hmm. yeah that was sweet i think someone's at your door
1: <laughs> no it's <just> my neighbors <laughs> deciding to put they decide to put together furniture whenever uh it's inconvenient for me it's, it's like they yeah. fucking know what i'm up to or something <laughs> yeah i'm either recording or i'm sleeping from night shifts and all of a sudden they're like oh fucking time for an ikea trip oh.
0: <laughs> um but yeah so that that's a that's like odd future for us like for sure. and then it took off from there i mean for me I remember we had gotten into Odd Future, and I didn't really like dive into it completely. And then I, I I'm trying to remember the timeline and how it worked out. But OF tape two came out, and then the video for Oldie came out, oh, yeah, and yeah, then I'm like, like who the... watched the other day? Yeah, I'm like, who the fuck is this Frank Ocean guy? <laughs> and then that summer, uh, he had already <laughs> released. Um, nostalgia ultra and I just got into it heavy. And then that summer channel orange released. And that was like, I talk about this summer as like the worst summer of my entire life because we had just moved to Lethbridge and then you and our other roommate had got, had jobs back in our old hometown. And so you guys literally just packed your shit and left for the summer and I was the only one left. So I just literally would take the bus to work, take the bus back home and sit in my basement and either watch netflix or listen to odd future uh, <laughs> literally that was my entire summer so like especially half of that album is so depressing oh yeah no and i think <laughs> i mean i was clinically depressed then so i mean it worked sure. out well but uh, um but yeah no odd future like holds so many things in history for me as like for like music for sure it definitely i was into hip-hop like, a bit but it also transitioned me to have a new love and found love for hip-hop. I found it as well. Definitely. I sparked that.
1: Our future, like the way you described, like kind of encountering the music first and being like, it was just so different that it was like, just like almost turned you off kind of thing. Cause yeah. I already was like a hardcore and metal kind of guy. So it's not even really the aggression that kills me. It's just like, it was weird hearing that almost in a hip hop form, right? Like almost foregoing rhythm for just screaming slogans and fucking. Like well, and it wasn't hook, even right? necessarily
0: like, the turn off because I also went through a metal phase, right? But I think the turn off was the f- sense that somehow this music was being played at parties. Because really, when did we ever play metal music at parties? No, no that's like the thing. The, yeah. That just didn't happen. <laughs> so. It is.
1: It works like that's the thing. Is it's like when it's especially for the hardcore stuff when it's a bunch of fans that like it, it can be party music. Everybody can get yeah. amped up and have a good time, but when yeah. it's that weird dynamic of half the party's obviously hating this, yeah, it's,
0: it's just <laughs> yeah. not a good... And I remember, like, that group of people just fed off the fact that half the party did Didn't fucking like hate it. And at first, maybe part. I was just like, eh, this is weird, but then I kind of got into it, and I'm just like, I fucking love this. This is hilarious.
1: And that's Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is like It's like one of those things that's like, it was the first time that I kind of came across art that kind of bounced off me until I understood it in its like greater like context, like as part of a movement. And so then yeah, it's like it doesn't make sense until you realize like, what Tyler and what Odd Future was about, which was about like being shocking and defying norms and things like that. And so once you kind of buy into that, then the music makes more sense and you have a lot more fun with it. Totally. And so that's yeah. kind of the first time that like I've ever experienced that like needing some context around a piece of art to actually enjoy it, because on its own in a vacuum, it's just kind
0: of like abrasive but i agree with that completely and for for on a music standpoint too it's like i've had so many artists where it's like this is is, i like this artist like it's good music but i think tyler probably an odd future and and it fell into frank ocean later was the first artist in, in a sense that I came obsessed with more the person than necessarily the music itself. Mm-hmm. And Tyler as a person, just like everything he did with creating the brand of Odd Future and just everything that like he was such an envisionary person when it came to like what he had in mind for Odd Future and the, and, him, and and him himself. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think I like actually fell for something like that in a person standpoint when it came to music. It was more just like, this person makes good music. I like. I like this artist. Whereas, like, it was like, I like Tyler the creator as a person more so than his music in some ways. Yeah. Like, yeah, which I think was so fascinating, and I think, I mean, the guy's obviously did something right because he's still huge today. And... For
1: sure. Well, he was almost kind of one of the first to do. it. I don't know. The way you describe that just makes me think of kind of odd feature fitting in another kind of cultural context in the same way that they're almost like birthing out of like the death of gangster rap. And then also that like emo scene, hardcore thing that was happening in the two thousands. It was like almost a reaction to those things, but also Tyler, I feel like is like one of the first of like kind of like the generation raised by the internet. And so like, I think he thinks in a different way, even from us. Like I think even more, we, we kind of caught the tail end of that as like being younger millennials, but like just this idea of like selling yourself as a brand, like just always marketing your kind of point of view, your aesthetic, like that's as much as it's ubiquitous now, that is a fairly relatively recent phenomenon. And so I think Tyler is like one of the first, as far as like our demographic to like really nail that in the sense of like, it's not just my music. It's odd future. It's the whole gang. You can buy clothes. It's like totally.
0: And I think, and and I'm not, I'm not discrediting what this group does because a, I love this group and I love their music, but I, I think like someone like Brock Hampton, took like what odd future was and was like, we're going to do this very similar thing. The music's quite different, uh, probably arguably completely different, but they had the brand. They had the team behind. There wasn't just a couple of rappers. Odd future was more than a couple rappers. And then Brockhampton did the same thing. They were, they included their graphic designers and beat makers in part of their group, which I think Mm -hmm. was so cool. And they, they made it work. And I mean they had they have a similar I'm pretty sure Clancy who was the manager of odd future also has something to do with Hampton, from my knowledge um, yeah, that would make sense. so I mean that that could I'm sure that man probably was a, also a brainchild behind a lot of what happened but I, I mean really I think the credit falls on Tyler but you're right like he was like that, I don't really think that had been done much before like yes bigger hip-hop artists had brand and merch. And I'm sure in some ways Kanye probably is someone that also you could argue is that kind of same person. Um,
1: yeah, but. I feel like you branched out later, though. Like, I think, yeah, like, they're one of the, I mean, obviously nothing's new. No, nobody's ever the first anymore. But that was, like, the first time I saw someone, like, kind of, like, at the, like simultaneously building a brand outside of their music as they're building up their musical profile. Usually mm-hmm. it's, like... Once they're a big musician, then they start trying to branch out into like clothes and merch and stuff like that. But totally, it was definitely he had his little donut from the get go, right?
0: Oh, yeah. And like, and I remember like, fuck, these odd future made socks like a a popular item. Like, I remember that was the thing. Everyone had to have odd future socks. Like, it was just like, I still have
1: they uh, impacted fashion.
0: Like, yeah, I mean,
1: Supreme's probably, I mean, it was probably already big, but I feel like he definitely inflated that
0: yeah he did because supreme's been big underground wise i think for a long time i think think it was around in the 90s even um but i mean supreme has been probably arguably the biggest it's been now and i think Mm -hmm. tyler definitely has a lot to do with that for sure but yeah that's what i got for music uh and then we'll I, I don't know this is maybe not the right title for this segment but i have media so things under that <laughs> what should be not media <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but anyways this is a big one for me i, I don't know how much you're going to be able to touch on this but i know you got history with it oh yeah this month mu- this month is the 25th anniversary of pokemon that um, fucks me up like the game because the game came first right Yes, the game, the game. Uh, actually, I gotta look this up quick. I think it all happened pretty soon. When was the first game?
1: Well, it looks like it was released in '96 in Japan.
0: Oh, the game. Yeah. Okay. So Pokemon
1: yeah. One is the world's largest media franchise.
0: Yeah, I've seen that. It, I fun. mean. So. I have been I feel like me and Pokemon have an interesting relationship. I just like I know there's been three times in my life where I've become obsessed with Pokemon. It's weird. So I remember I was younger. I didn't have I had an original Game Boy, but I never had Pokemon on it. It wasn't until I had a Game Boy and because I had an original Game Boy, I missed the Game Boy Color. Whereas a lot of people had the Game Boy Color first, whereas I actually had like the big gray brick. Game Boy. And then Game Boy Advance was my first Game Boy. Um, and then I remember I had um, Sapphire, would have been my first Pokemon game. Nice.
1: And that's Which like I, a remake of Green, right? Is it Ruby um, and Sapphire or something
0: like that? No, Ruby and Sapphire are their own games. Oh, okay, I thought they were Yeah, nice. they've since been remade themselves. But, oh, wow. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Ruby and Sapphire. I, I was into cards. Um, and I, I mean, I managed to keep a lot of my cards um, from when I was younger. But I never got the game until that. and then I was So I was big into Pokemon then. And then I remember, I want to say it was like 2013, 2014. I bought a DS and then got really into Pokemon then. And then... Yeah, I recently got into Pokemon on my Switch again and have been literally obsessed. I put nice. over 100 hours into Pokemon Sword in the last month, so... Fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's a little fuck. But uh, anyways, yeah, like, I just, like, everything Pokemon, man, like, they just revolutionized, like, so many things. Like, I just... And, like, the brand in the sense, like, you have, you have a TV show, you have clothing, you have cards, you have video games. Like, there's really nothing quite like it. Like... It, it, i mean it's it's wild and mm-hmm. i remember i like, have i see photos of me as a kid where i'm rocking like a pikachu shirt and shit like they're, they're it's huge
1: no it's definitely like i is weird like i should have been more into it growing up just because i was such a nerd kid but those games are fucking dense man like they're yeah as much as they seem like kitty shit those are like fucking if you like are a serious pokemon gamer that shit's fucking intense and like well, I definitely I, like got turned onto it by the show and so I was expecting like a more fun experience like from the show as a kid and then playing like, Oh, this is a turn based RPG, like okay. Like
0: Yeah, I think that was me too. I think I had troubles playing the games themselves because I love the anime, watch the anime all the time, and then I actually what I'm just remembering now, the games that I more so got into were Pokemon Stadium and Pokemon Snap on the N sixty four. I remember being more so into that before I got into the actual games themselves. And even at that, like, I was saying this recently to someone when I was talking about Pokemon. It's like, I would get into it. Like, I would generally, I I feel like I remember as a kid never really beating them. But I I would get into it. it. Um, Whereas (laughs) this one, this time around with Sword. I think what Sword did for me is they brought an idea that we as kids always had envisioned pokemon doing and it took them this fucking long to kind of do it and they still didn't master it with sword but having an open world pokemon game yeah and i don't know as much as this sounds nerdy as fuck i truly understood with this game the meaning of i gotta catch them all like i literally (laughs) am like going through and i'm trying to like completely 100% my pokedex Pokedex, eh? yeah (laughs) Yeah. and i'm having a blast with it man like it's so (laughs) much fun (laughs) Um, Yeah,
1: that's the only one I ever went hard on was Yellow when I was a kid. I think around the same time when you got the DS and bought it, I think I bought, like, White, Pokemon White or whatever the fuck.
0: Yeah, I think we both got into that at the same time. Yeah,
1: so, like, I was only, like, two times, but that's always my experience is, like, get into it, I'm like, this is so cool, there's, like, this is, like, so much content, like, yeah, I want to catch them all, but then I get about, like, halfway through, and I just get so burnt out, and then I never finish it, because then by the time I come back to it, I forget what the fuck I was doing, and, like,
0: yeah. Well, and that's me with so many open world kind of games, which that's I think true, is dangerous. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's why I'm someone that has to be like what I've done, which is much as that's not the best either, like 100 hours of a single video game in a month and a half maybe is kind of <laughs> yeah. crazy. But That's the only way I finish I, games. Yeah, it's the only way I can commit to it because I know if I take the long enough break before I go back to it, I'm going to want to redo it. Yeah. Same. I don't want to replay. And you don't want to
1: replay a 100 fucking hours. So then just,
0: yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. I went through like... And I did finish games, like, when I had the DS and then I had the 3DS. Like, I had, like... Because it was Alpha, Sapphire, and Omega Ruby were, like, the remakes. Oh, okay. And then they had X and Y, and then Sun and Moon were also, like, big 3DS games.
1: Is Sun and Moon the one that was, like, all, like, uh... It's Hawaiian. Like, Polynesian Hawaiian, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. It introduced a lot, which they've done now with Sword and Shields. So, like, Sun and Moon introduced the idea, because it was... They went to Hawaii, right? So they introduced the idea of, well, what what if we have the same Pokemon, but they're in different regions? So there's regional variants in the fact that oh, it's a Pokemon you grew up knowing, but because it's in Hawaii, it just adapted to the environment differently. Cool. And is maybe a different type or it looks different. And so Sword and Shield, it's in like... United Kingdom and so it did the exact same thing with that and, and Just has a bunch of fat Pokemon with bad well.
1: teeth, eh? Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but anyways, yeah, the 25th anniversary is coming up this month, which... That's fucked. It's crazy. I've seen so many different things like Levi has a bunch of clothing brand things that they've come out with. There's big rumors on what's gonna be announced. There's rumors of remakes potentially coming out or a new game or... Maybe some more DLC or something added to Sword and Shield. But the weird part is they announced last week that on the 27th, the actual anniversary of Pokemon, Post Malone's going to be doing a uh, concert okay for Pokemon. They released a trailer where it's like Post Malone, it's like 25 years we finally did it and he looks down in his hand and he's carrying this Pokéball. And then all of a sudden he turns animated like he's in a Pokemon game. What the fuck? Does it- <laughs> and so yeah, he's going to be putting on a concert on the 27th for the Pokemon anniversary, <laughs> which I thought was the weirdest yet kind of brilliant thing like this, this is like a whole new thing, and I know that this isn't the exact same thing, because I think the concert is just a concert. It's not like it's in Pokemon, but like, uh, I don't cause... know if you've seen like what Fortnite's done, but yeah, they've literally yeah, done Travis concerts within the game. Like, yeah. it's weird. <laughs> that is so fucky. Yeah.
1: It's like so, a cool yeah. thing, though. Like, we're slowly, everything, like all those interactive worlds are slowly merging with other entertainment mediums, kind of
0: yeah no i think it's it's i mean it's brilliant and when you have that much of a platform like Fortnite does what what better way i mean i think coronavirus certainly helped with that even though i'm pretty sure that concert was pre-covid like it just makes sense to do that during covid anyways like and i mean if you want to talk about someone like fucking i don't know what it is with travis scott but that man is literally on everything like he, between Fortnite and then he made a deal with fucking mcdonald's where That's you could get the was. travis scott meal yeah. and like, like and nike and was yeah right? like yeah. it's like what the fuck this guy is just like marketable as i mean he's doing the similar odd future thing too like he not yeah. the group but he has his own brand of like yeah cactus jack i think it is or
1: what is it i think it's cactus jack yeah
0: yeah yeah. So Anyways, random. so and no, then, I don't know.
1: Like the Pokemon shit, I don't know. Like I feel like I had something else to add to that, but just it is strange that just something is like going that strong. Like usually, I mean, every kids like they almost have like their own weird fads. Like we had Beyblades, but no generation
0: will probably fucking have Beyblades again. Well, or, like, Beyblades my... is a thing still.
1: Is it still a thing? I've okay. seen
0: Beyblades at Walmart.
1: Because I remember, like, Bakugan was one, too, with those little balls that spring open. Like, oh, yeah, 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 I remember So, those. I just always thought that, like, there was some new trend for every kids, but it seems like Pokemon is, like, a standard one now, that just well, every generation I, goes through.
0: I do think probably, so, I think we're on, like, a, maybe a two- or three-year high, maybe four or five of Pokemon. I do think it went through a weird doll phase, where it just wasn't big. Probably. And then now, I mean, we I've talked about this. I guess I haven't told the podcast this, though, but... So, like, that fucking idiot, Logan Paul, he, he buys a original sealed set of Pokemon cards for, I think it was around $375,000. And it just blew. Blew the market of Pokemon. They're now having to print cards faster because they're getting a mixture of kids are loving Pokemon again now and wanting to buy cards. And a mixture of just scalpers are like, I'm buying all these Pokemon cards. Jesus. And... Like, I've sold all, a lot of my Pokemon cards from a kid because a card that was maybe valued at 100 hundred, two hundred $200, I ended up selling for $800 and on eBay. And it's, it's just, like, the the whole industry. So I think in that in itself has helped Pokemon skyrocket again and appeal, and definitely, like, the cards. And so, like, when you think about it, if they're running this high, it's like, well, what what could we do? Let, let's go get Pokemon to do a yeah, no concert for... 25th anniversary i was trying like, to think
1: of some kind of joke like what is like post malone and evolution from malone or pre malone oh god
0: <laughs> <laughs> pre malone has evolved into post Malone. yes <laughs> yeah. but yeah i know i i mean i i love pokemon man it's, it's just like it's a it's pretty fascinating like what they've done and i i was reading a or i watched a video on it like it's it, it's cool to like there's, like, some big pinnacle things in Pokemon that almost happened that, like, never happened. Like, Microsoft almost purchased the rights to Pokemon, I believe, back in 2005, I want to say it was. Okay. So, like, imagine Pokemon not being a Nintendo product. Like, that would have been crazy. Like, we yeah, could have played Pokemon crazy. on an Xbox, like...
1: Yeah, that's fucking wild. Yeah. But, I yeah, so comics. on
0: top of that... Um, of the Pokemon we also have the 35th anniversary of the Legend of Zelda which um yeah is i mean Zelda's been huge i i mean i only know Zelda from N64 moving forward um oh like ocarina of so, time or whatever ocarina and majora's mask um and then they've already announced one big thing they've re, they're remaking skyward sword for the switch they announced oh. yesterday so um which is i think a lot of people say it's one of the shittier zeldas just because it's the whole wii mechanics system but yeah uh, they've already now
1: defended though too like yeah like it's like a sleeper gem kind of
0: thing ryan says he loves it like he says it's one of his favorite um and they brought the mechanics over. They did the Joy-Cons with the mechanics with the Joy-Cons. Oh. But then you also have the option to just play completely controller. Because you pretty cool. much have to with the Switch. Because <laughs> you have the Switch in handheld mode. You have to have basically a Yeah, bowl. you can't be waving around
1: with yeah. the screen. Or yeah. <laughs>
0: exactly. So,
1: hmm.
0: which, that's interesting. So, um, But yeah, I mean, there, there could be a lot. They, last month, or no, this was a while ago. I can't remember. November? I think was the 35th anniversary of Mario and they did, they did a lot. So I, I'm, I'm sure they're going to do a lot for Zelda as well. Maybe another yeah, it was like that Mario something.
1: all-stars, like a bunch of remastered games or something. Yeah. They
0: brought out um, uh, super Mario 64 or yeah. And then Mario sunshine and Mario galaxy hmm. remade into a all in one kind of thing. Um, yeah.
1: No, I feel terrible. That's like my greatest. I mean, I don't really think of myself anymore, but there's definitely like a good decade where I like definitely identified myself as a gamer. And that yeah. was always like my biggest like secret shame is like, I've like basically never played Zelda games. <laughs> like, Really? I, I beat, um, I got like the HD. I borrowed my brother's Wii U when I was down working in Waterton and I played, uh, what the fuck? Yeah. Wind Waker. Uh, right. That summer. And I fucking loved that. Like, I definitely, like, get the appeal of them. It's just, like, they're... I don't know. I have
0: found a new love for Nintendo again. I grew up as Nintendo as being the only product I had um, until Xbox even came along. Um, And I don't know. Like, I had the um, N64, and then I got a GameCube. And so I played, like, Wind Waker. I played... Um, I missed the Twilight Princess phase. I didn't... I, I, I missed out on Twilight Princess. Um, And then I just never owned Nintendo products. And then, I don't know, man. Like, not that I'm trying to get you on a... On to Nintendo again. But I feel like, as an adult, it is the best casual gamer kind of system to have. Cool. Yeah. The it's Switch just... looks they're... fucking great, man. I keep well, getting tempted, but... <laughs> it, it's like, it's portable in the sense that you could bring it places you can bring it to work it's great because it has a party element where you can play with friends and have that element to play with friends the switch in itself now is getting bigger titles which is cool and it's just and it kind of the nostalgia element of playing those games you played as a kid I don't know. I, I it, To me, it's the perfect thing. I, I have no intentions of even getting another system for now, like for the foreseeable yeah. future. Like, it's just... It's, oh,
1: me either. Like, I'm just not um, uh, enough of a hardcore gamer to need, like, a next-gen thing. but Specifically yeah. because the Nintendo looks great for casual stuff, whether it's playing old or remastered Nintendo shit, or whether it's just, like... The, it sounds
0: like the indie scene is, like... Oh, the on indie scene's huge. On Switch, and that was so. the smartest thing that Nintendo did. Because I remember... If you were an indie gamer fan but you wanted console gaming playstation was arguably the place Mm -hmm. to go for that because they kind of had a a deal with steam yeah for
1: a while there there was some weird partnership yeah
0: yeah um but i i would argue that nintendo has that same deal like any game that i remember from those times like uh, hotline miami collection like all that kind of shit is all on nintendo and it's portable like it's just like the perfect thing that's and sick. portable in the sense of like I love the idea of just like portable for yourself or boom you just pop up the kickstand, slide up your Joy Cons and two people can play portable. Yeah. That's like sick. that that idea is brilliant.
1: I remember seeing that in the commercial thing, like that's so gimmicky, nobody will use that, but I can already think of so many times that I would. <laughs>
0: There's only certain games that you would utilize that for, but like yeah, for like, a Mar- a Mario party yeah, or a Mario two d shit. Or yeah, shit like that. Yeah. Like, it, it's, it's a smart idea.
1: No, it's – they've almost got me. But, yeah, like, even both Zelda and even when you listed it off, all those Mario remasters, I was just like, I have not played any of those. <laughs> like,
0: Yeah, I have never first played Nintendo Mario Galaxy. was a Wii. Really?
1: Yeah. And See, like, and that was, then, yeah, like, I when
0: I stopped. Never I've never, I never owned a Wii. I never owned a Wii U. And I kind of never desired to. I didn't like the system itself. I thought it was kind of no, garbage. Even great, though I'm pretty great. sure the Wii is, like, one of the best all-time selling systems ever. It is. I, uh, specifically, like,
1: Wii Sports was, like, one of the greatest selling games of all time just because it was packed in. But, like, that's yeah. what people were buying it for, man. Like, yeah, oh, I think yeah, that's probably the biggest craze of people that usually don't give a shit about games. Buying a system was definitely the Wii. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, Although, I... Sorry, go just ahead. because
1: it's probably the thirty-fifth anniversary of that game, I've never played it, but I'll never forget uh, at PAX twenty eleven yeah. for the Omegathon. and like that was the the like the capstone, like final round was whoever can get the first piece of the Triforce in Legend. Of yeah, Zelda I remember that. Wins, yeah, so that was pretty fucking crazy.
0: And we watched two people game in a fucking massive theater,
1: just on shitty little CRT TVs. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, that was cool.
1: But that definitely like spoke to like how unifying that series is like across like myself uh not included because i just never really played them but like that it seems to be the connective tissue for so many people you can play all sorts of different games but if you've been around long enough like you've played a zelda game like that's definitely like a common point of reference for a lot of people
0: yeah yeah no yeah it's huge and um i yeah i like i said i've kind of come and gone with anything Nintendo for that matter and so Zelda is kind of the same thing um, but breath of the wild was the first game I bought when I bought a switch and I've heard that's I'll heard so i be nice. honest I haven't beat it I kind of got into it so hard and it's such a long game anyways that I kind of ha- I have fell off I however I don't feel as though I need to restart it when I go back to it made that's the mistake nice. of buying Pokemon and then literally that's all my switches played yeah. other than like a couple party games And then the last thing here I have, which is huge, uh, in 2005, YouTube was officially registered. Um, and I have some... So, yeah, it was the brainchild of Chad Hurley, Chad Chen, Hurley. and Jod Karim.
1: Ed Karim? Karim.
0: Uh, um, so, yeah, they were all former employees of PayPal. That's interesting. And they just thought of this idea in 2004 dinner party Um, and the trio was frustrated on how hard it was at the time to find and share video clips online and so um like similar silicon valley startups they started in their garage and um in may of 2005 they released the beta version of youtube so the idea was started and registered by. Or the idea was started in November of two thousand four, registered in February of two thousand and five, okay. and then the beta version was released in May of two thousand. So,
1: like the domain was registered, or like the company filed for like something. I think the like... company
0: and the probably everything kind of in yeah. that area. Okay. Um, and then so yeah, the beta version was released, and within a month, the very first video was posted. It was titled "Me at the Zoo." It was a 19-second clip of the guy, Kareem, in the group, um, which featured him at the San Diego Zoo talking <laughs> about talking about elephants and their trunks. Wow. By September of 2005, still all within a year from the idea at a dinner party, YouTube had managed to get its first video with one million views. That's wild. This was a Nike ad that went and viral.
1: Huh. Um, that's crazy to remember that time I remember yeah like that kind of early 2000s and like every website had to have their own like native video player like I remember yeah. like going to specific video game websites because I liked how much quicker their videos loaded than somebody else like that's just such a weird relic like now just everybody embeds a YouTube video like it's just
0: like the standard now but well, and what's fucked is, is like so there's that and there's people that have just said you know what fuck it like we utilize YouTube And you have a company like fucking Twitter who just has failed at video in general. Have you ever tried to watch a video on Twitter, man? Yeah, it's pretty... It still to this day takes fucking 10 minutes to load. Like, it's ridiculous. (laughs) But, um... But, yeah. No, these guys started YouTube. and, And
1: then get the big Google big box baby. Yeah,
0: I don't know when that happened. Um... I it was within on. the
1: last ten years probably. Maybe even the last five? Nah. But it's crazy that yeah, like it goes from like some kind of up and comer to now it is like it's almost a monopoly. Like I don't know. I mean other than what Vimeo fucking what else do people use?
0: Uh I mean, yeah, I think Vimeo or whatever it's called, I've seen a bit um but like literally it's it's youtube man
1: but it's kind of a bummer to see that like monopolization pro, pro- like process take place because it's just like it was like new and exciting oh anybody can upload that's crazy and then you had this whole period of like people are getting famous on youtube making a career out of it you know so then and then that kind of feeds into it being the n- most popular platform and then by the time off all of the competitors kind of die off all the other video platforms that are out there now they start pulling back like, oh, actually, we're going to change the way ad revenue gets shared with creators. And, oh, actually, we're going to change the threshold for you to be able to monetize and all that. You know, it's so like they start clawing it back once they have total market control. Which I feel like, like that's that's, you.
0: that's Google. I yeah. Feel like. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. That's just
1: the nature of the market. So that's,
0: that's all 2005 that we talked. October 2006. So. um, Like a year. Year or so later. Google almost two acquired... years after they thought of it. Yeah, Google acquires YouTube. It was that early on? Yeah, for $1.65 billion. It's a bargain. Holy, (laughs) but just think of that. In retrospect, but yeah. (laughs) But think about that. Think of that, a brainchild idea from three dudes that they created a program in a fucking garage, sell it a year and a half later for $1.65 billion. Yeah,
1: and I think that was probably one of the last examples of that kind of stuff. Like the 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 image of Silicon Valley that we get painted to us through shows like Silicon Valley, of this idea that you can just get like a billion dollar payout from something running into your garage, I think that dream is kind of dead. Like I think,
0: yeah, I think it is, and it isn't. Like maybe a billion dollars. Like I find a lot of these companies do still sell off, but you're right. Like none of that like fucking massive. I think the like thing that. is now is to do shit through like um. Oh, like, what's that program where, like, you develop oh. an idea and then you post it to this and then people fund the idea? Oh, like Kickstarter or whatever? Kickstarter, shit like that. I yeah, feel like that's more, like, yeah, crowdfunding in that sense. Um, so, yeah, and then by May of 2007, it launched its partner program to enable card tech creators to actually make money off of their videos.
1: Okay. That's interesting fucking wild man like that's it's just so ubiquitous now to think that not only were we alive for a pre-youtube time but it's really not that long ago <laughs> like it just fucks me up mm-hmm. i remember having to like yeah like start a video buffering on some other site and then like walk away and do something else for 10 minutes yeah i, I remember to like to watch Even a youtube video. itself I yeah yeah of, you'd have to the wait for it stages
0: because yeah. by march of 2008 youtube uh, this this is crazy too You couldn't have over 10 minute videos or something like that, right? That was, yeah, that was before that. But in 2008, YouTube allows support for 480p videos on the platform. Oh my god. (laughs) That looks like dog
1: shit now. That's fucking crazy. And then, yeah, now I can just, like, cast a fucking full HD video from my phone within
0: seconds to my TV. Within seconds, yeah. So Fucked.
1: No, yeah, we had our own little... That was probably not, not too long after that, we tried to do our little YouTube uh, filmmaker thing there in, like, junior high.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think. So, like, that would have been probably grade 8, grade 9. So, what year would it... Fuck, that was, like, in the pretty early stages of we were, YouTube. I think we
1: were on YouTube, like, pretty early on. Like, let's well, see. it's crazy.
0: that So, that was in August or March of 2008. They allowed four AP videos on the platform. And then by November of 2009, 1080p videos were introduced.
1: Okay. And that's when we all we have uploaded all of our videos for about 13 years ago. So that would have been like 2008.
0: So probably in 480p. Yeah, probably. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, it was like whatever dog shit uh, digital camera my mom had. And then just editing through <laughs> Windows Movie Maker. Like,
0: yeah, know. yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, they like they, they've this control the market for sure when it comes to that.
1: <laughs> yeah, now they fucking do for sure. Oh man, the wild west of the internet, man. This timeline this though is
0: insane like looking at it like holy fuck. In March of 2013, YouTube reached 1 billion unique monthly visitors. Holy shit. It's so like a seventh of the planet going to that website. Yeah.
1: Well, just the the sheer amount of data out there now. The fact that everybody just uploads shit to YouTube, like even the fact that we are just throwing up an hour of content a week, and it's just like no, you don't have to think about storage space. Like they just have servers to handle this. Like just, yeah, it blows my fucking mind how much
0: content's produced. Yeah, I know it is. It's insane. <laughs> But yeah, I um, I don't know. Do you want to end it there, or do you want to? I have, I do have some stuff, but we're we're hit. We're at the hour mark. Yeah, we're so. getting there. Yeah, I think we bullshitted for about ten minutes before we actually got into it on this time here. But
1: yeah, I mean, what else do you got? We can probably. I'm sure there's not much to hit here, but
0: the last thing I got, and this is actually a fun one to talk about, um, is for sports. I have uh, in 2005, February 16th the NHL became the first North American professional sports league to cancel an entire season. The 2004-2005 season was canceled after the collective bargaining agreement between the owners and the players union ran right out of time. Um, which, not only do I remember this, but I also think it's just funny because here we are 20, or 15 years later, and yeah, it's just like, yeah, no. But I, I do really remember this year. I think... Actually, around this year and a year before, and a year or two after, was my peak of of being an NHL fan and and buying the game every year and yeah yeah just like loving NHL in general. So like I, I do remember it being a big deal.
1: Well, I just remember like not understanding like I was young enough that I, I didn't understand labor legislation and, yeah yeah and, you know like union workers' rights so, like that all went over my head and. It's interesting how much – and even how much my views have changed since this stuff went down because, like, definitely the culture, like, the the vibe around this I remember was definitely, like, those fucking greedy pussy hockey players just take what you can get and you're, like, depriving us of a season, you greedy bastards, you know? Like, was definitely, like, the vibe I was getting from, like, older, like, parents and stuff when they talk about this stuff. Totally, yeah. And so it's just interesting how I, like, I definitely absorbed that. And it was like, oh, fucking athletes make millions to throw a ball around there. Blah, 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 blah. Whereas now I'm like, well, they generate so much profit for these fucking owners. Like, yes, they should be fucking <laughs> fighting yeah. and bargaining for every last cent they can get, you know? So it's, yeah, we've talked,
0: how, we talked about this before and I, I think I, so. Yeah. And it's definitely like something that I've had to think more about because I I was that person too. That was kind of like, and I still, I think it's an element of I just don't agree with it. Yeah, like... But you're right, on the standpoint... (laughs) On the standpoint of if, yes, the owners are making that kind of money, of course the players should get a certain percentage of it. I think what's frustrating, and we've talked about this, is just how when they need a new stadium or shit like that, it comes to the taxpayers to pay for yeah. that, which makes sense. No and that's fucking to be mad about the owners more than anything, right? But. Yeah. It realistically has nothing to do with the players. There shouldn't be any anger towards the players. Anger towards just the, how ridiculous that, that industry is that big and players make well, that exactly. much money. But it's it's not the players fault. And I can see why an agreement like that I mean, I don't know the details. I'm assuming they wanted a certain percentage or wanted more money. And I know since 2005, I mean, I'm sure the average contract compared to the average contract now is a day difference.
1: Oh, probably for sure. Yeah, it's less like, it's less anger about like, I guess, yeah, that's people miss the point. They get mad. Like, why are the players making that much money? When almost the question should be bigger. It's just like, why do we coordinate so much of our like social and infrastructure resources to maintaining this like, incredibly like like almost excessive luxurious like sports industry it's like like i don't argue like i think that's like sports are useful like you get like kind of like almost like a community bond thing with other fans and things like that but yeah it's definitely yeah. it's it's not the player's fault that yeah billions of dollars are put into this thing because it's profitable you know like they're just well <laughs> I
0: don't that's know. the I
1: bigger don't... issue people have i guess but
0: the deeper thing too is this like i think just I don't know. I think in order for people to, like, push through their day-to-day lives, they need distractions. And what better interesting thing than to have sports? I mean, some people are into Hollywood and and the gossip and drama of that. But, like, some people are into sports. And and the fact of the matter is that it it funds so much money on, on, like, sales of, like, jerseys and shit Mm -hmm. like that. And just cards nice and, and like shit. Yeah. yeah like so much shit that like it, yeah it's it's not going i mean i don't know like i've heard a lot of mixed things now like will these per- sports things recover i'm sure they'll recover from what they're yeah. doing because the fact of the matter is is now that they a year later from this pandemic they're still finding ways to run seasons and i'm sure because there's not a lot of things like the hollywood industry hasn't recovered yeah. um it probably is the most like the one thing you can tune into on television right now is sports
1: yeah for sure and like definitely like as far as like the amount of money that goes into a hollywood production versus like putting on a game kind of thing is like yeah like it just drops in the bucket right like yeah it's way cheaper like i think your margin is higher of profit yeah, on uh, totally. sports stuff but it's funny that you say like we need distractions especially from like daily life like and then that you mentioned Hollywood, because it, it, it literally is like, you think of like that fucking Roman Empire shit, right? You got to give the peasants their bread and circus so they don't revolt, right? Keep them no. satisfied and distracted. But it is like part of that, like, like literally, especially the more info that comes out about like CTE and concussion research, like football and hockey shit. That is our modern like, gladiator games. Like
0: it is, yeah.
1: just like the peak, like human physical excellence and just watching them fucking battle it out <laughs> in an arena, basically like.
0: Well, and on, on that level too, it's just like, like they should be making that kind of money. I mean, if, if they the industry is bringing in that kind of money, why is it that the person who literally will never the be way. the same because of the, what the, the 10 years or 20 years that they put into that sport,
1: mm-hmm.
0: not be the one that's walking out with at least the majority of the money. Like that Definitely. just makes sense. I mean,
1: you hear the same argument for labor rights stuff with, like, coal miners, right? Like, these are the guys going in, literally breaking their back. Like, they should not mm-hmm. be, like, failing and poor in their old age when they literally – the only reason that they're crippled is because they generated value for you. Like, mine yeah. owner, right? Like,
0: Well, and I think that's what's funny, too, is it's like – because I've heard – this is a common argument I've heard. Why is it that a doctor doing research in cancer can't make the kind of money that a fucking NHL hockey player makes? And it's like, yeah, that, that, that's a great question. Yeah. The fact of the matter is, is cancer research doesn't, re- doesn't generate revenue. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. You have like... <laughs> a bigger question. Like,
1: why does our society incentivize throwing a ball around that much more than curing cancer? That, that yeah, yeah, you're right. That's fucked up, but it's not the fucking hockey player's fault. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> no, for sure. No, on that note, though, I'll, I'll always remember it was like the first meme, you know, of back when memes were just stupid t-shirt slogans people would wear yeah i remember seeing the the hansen brothers from uh what the fuck's the movie slapshot oh yeah yeah, yeah. this the chiefs guys that always get in fights but yeah i just remember every dad had this shirt it was like they've been locked up but they've never been locked out
0: <laughs> <laughs> dream yeah. of the well and then this year too so that was was this the year prior or the year before the flames got robbed
1: i think it was 2003
0: 2003, okay. Yeah. The 2003-2004 season. season. So it was, it was right the before season four, yeah. 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 So then yeah, that they just...
1: They won it in game six, bro. It it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't <know>. care. But, <laughs> I just... but at the same time, yeah, no, like, that's a perfect example of sports. Like, that was, like, the most... It's a vivid memory of, like, coming together with friends and, like yeah just like having a collective yeah. experience of something like
0: that well so and, and i mean it's brought some for some interesting events and timelines like i'll still always remember the was it the world juniors or the olympics where they they got permission in bars to serve liquor at five in the morning for people that wanted to yeah. go and watch the game and we all went to the bar and watched the game at like,
1: i think it was think, the olympics the gold medal game yeah yeah Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, waiting outside the bar at, like, what, fucking five in the morning? Yeah, it was early, (laughs) (laughs) from what I remember. Maybe not quite that
0: early, but, yeah. Like, there's just, I mean, it's cool, and I, 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 as much as I've been a feeder of it, like, me as a person of who I am, like, I definitely see the issues with it, for sure. Yeah.
1: But I think people do lose sight of, like, the community bond it can.
0: Yeah, no. There's so many things that I think people lose sight of community and why things exist on a community standpoint
1: i think probably because they get monetized and commodified and it becomes about like it's not so much like it's not even like it used to be like i don't know you'd wear a calgary hat because you're from calgary but now you're just kind of like abstractly identifying with a brand now yeah oh yeah are a brand not so much a community home team as much as they are now like a like yeah just like a marketing thing
0: or like even and this is basic and simple but people do it all the time even just using the term we i love how it's like oh we lost yesterday it's like oh like did you yeah
1: yeah. just get real hard yeah it's like yeah it's like both (laughs) i can like make fun of that shit because it sounds stupid but also i don't know there is something about like well i think that's that's what's something i've
0: always found fascinating with with wrestling that I I've been fortunate enough to expose you to and you've been able to see firsthand what that's like it is is the community base of that and then because like when when I talk wrestling like there's, there's a group of people that would be like oh that shit's fucking fake and it, and it, I get it like it, it it is fake but it's it's beyond what it is and if you understand what wrestling like WWE stands for it's like World Wrestling Entertainment.
1: Yeah, it's more like a so, theater production to me than anything. Yeah, and <laughs> I mean,
0: and, and you can't argue that these guys are fucking their bodies up and doing crazy shit, and like it was awesome. So like Logan's brother in law and sister came over, uh, um, for the Royal Rumple like a couple oh, nice. weeks ago. They they were, Logan, I mean, so I put context into it. I wanted to watch it. And Logan's like, I guess I'll watch it with you. And then all of a sudden she's like, this is awesome. Like I love this. She's just like getting right into it. And then she's like, I'm going to invite um, my sister and brother-in-law over. And so she invites nice. them over. The whole time I'm having to provide context and explanation. But like, it, it was quite entertaining. and like.
1: No, it's super cool. I mean, the shit they nice do. It's nice to have an in to give you that context, too. Yeah.
0: No, I, I think that's what you need. And, like, as someone who's been a fan my whole life, like, it, it's just, like, yeah, no. But I, I remember going to a live event with you, and yeah. you get kind of getting to see what that atmosphere is like. And I think once you're there, there you kind of understand it more, like this like yeah. the cro- crowd chants and shit like
1: that. I definitely got it more like I could understand it like abstractly, like almost like academically. I was like, oh, these people all like have narratives around this, and they like sharing it. But yeah, then it's like the difference between like reading like theology and then going to somebody's like a different somebody's church like that you've yeah. never been to before and all of a sudden yeah everybody's just like reacting to things and like doing these chants in unison and like reactions at the same time and i'm like what the fuck it's like going to like a mass and not being catholic and like oh why is everybody kneeling all of a sudden it's just like it's so fucking weird but like it was cool at the same time because yeah you yeah. felt like you were like part of like a greater collective is really neat
0: yeah no i yeah, uh, i don't know why it was i think I, i'll always remember me and my one of my best friends we went. To an event like, I, don't, I can't remember what year. I want to say it was like 2009. Um, it was whatever year Taylor Hall was getting drafted into, into oh, okay. the Oilers. So I remember just, I just remember the chants from the show. So the show was in Calgary and like there would be literally like Taylor Hall chants. Or like What's all of a sudden the there point? was this chant in the building. It was Tabor Corn. <laughs> and I'm just Tabor like, corn. what the fuck? <laughs> I like that. You come to Alberta and that's a fucking chance that you're going to get on your show. Cool days, days. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good shit. Yeah. No, yeah, I think that's probably, probably end under there. But yeah, so that, hopefully you guys like this. This is kind of the route we're going to take uh, every other podcast and just do the 93 Infinity. Just talk about things that happen in our life, beyond our life, and similar areas of what Appeal to us. Um, and yeah. We'll just run with this. Next month will obviously be March. So we'll see what March has in store for us. Um, what it had in store. Yeah. Or what it had <laughs> in store for us. Yes. Um, and then. Not next week. But the week after. Uh, we'll be recording our. Uh, West Loop. Uh, so we'll have some stuff for that. Yeah, And uh, yeah. just Tune into us every other Wednesday. And. Um, follow us on. All of the areas you love to listen to podcasts, except for mm-hmm. Apple, because I don't know what's happening with Apple.
1: So. I guess you got to be they're a little pickier, I think. So
0: yeah, um, but yeah,
1: that's that's how I've been thinking it. Like trying to like simplify it is just like ninety three to infinity will be our nostalgic, navel gazing, looking back kind of show, and then the West loop will be like staying in the loop keeping up on current events and then maybe even a little bit of extrapolating forward in the future kind of thing so
0: yeah no i I like the idea i think for us just like kind of we touched on in the last podcast too is just that we work full time and in order for us to make the best product for you guys we just felt as though narrowing it down to two episodes a month just gives us that much more time to plan each episode so that it's the best for you guys and just works better for us yeah exactly so that is the plan. Hopefully, you guys like this new format. Um, let us know how what you think. Give us a like, subscribe, all that bullshit, and all that uh, fun stuff. Yeah, we're We will so. see you at the beginning of March, I guess.
1: Yeah, I guess so. We'll sum up February in a couple weeks here. So. Yeah. see
0: Take it easy, folks. Take care. See ya.